this is Sandra Costa, and this is TQ Talks Podcast, a place to stimulate the discussion about innovation and inspire new ideas and collaborative solutions to the modern society. In this episode, we are going to talk with a professional who has been working in the game industry for more than six years. As the general manager for the Brazilian operation of Riot Games, the company that created League of Legends, our guest is accountable for the company's success through publishing esports initiatives, amazing players with memorable experiences in and outside their games, and providing creative products and events. Let's know more about the innovative work of Diego Martinez. Welcome, Diego! Hey, Sandra, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy that you are here in our first episode of this new season. Thank you very much. My pleasure and congratulations for the effort. Okay, thank you, Diego. So firstly, could you please explain to our audience that is not from the millennial generation, which unfortunately is my case, what your company does and which is its most expressive differential in this industry? Sure, my pleasure. Uh, well, Riot Games is a publisher, which means that's a company that produces and publishes games around the world. It's a multinational company based on Los Angeles, US, uh, whereas we have offices spread around the world. This is a company that works with passion because we have been producing games that touches in the deep soul of each of our players. They are so connected and passionate by the game, by its history, uh, the stories that towards uh, uh, the, pro the proper production, and the esports, as you said before, before. I can tell you about League of Legends, but we also have many, many other games in our portfolio, like Valorant, that's our tactical shooter, uh, TFT, that's our auto chess, Wide Rift, that's League of Legends for the mobile version, the mobile platform. So actually, you could say that we have games for everyone, anytime, any place. But it's also true that Right Games has been providing more than games. We believe that games is part of this entertainment concept. We have players so passionate, not only by the game, but as I said before, by its stories. And because of that, we have been navigating through a different chapter at this point which means that we are not only producing games, but a series of other, let me say, manifests towards it, like animations, music, sports including, because sports is part of this perspective that we are delivering more than the game. We are delivering, in this case, competition, teamwork, collaboration. So everything into this universe is part of what we have been producing and delivering or publishing to gamers. And to your point about the differentiation, well, I think of the... I think I'll sound repetitive, but the point here is we are delivering passions, we are delivering dreams. And, you know, not only Riot, I think all the companies into this industry tend to deliver this kind of thing. I mean, dreams that could become reality. I think Riot tends to put this as its focus because it's part of our mission to be one of the most, uh, aspire to be one of the most focused player company in the world. But the point is that I know that many other companies in this industry has been doing many, many, many activations and works towards the same, if not mission, but intention to deliver more than the game, the <laughs> delivery experiences. I can tell you many others, but let me make a stop just to show that uh, I've been, you know, 
uh, uh, interactive with not only you, but with the audience in this podcast. Okay, great, Diego. <laughs> it's really interesting because it's something that is relatively new for our generation, actually uh, from the 30 plus people, but you have actually great events where you can gather a huge audience for that. It's really, really interesting. It's something that I've never seen nothing, nothing like that before related to a game, related to something that it's located actually in a virtual world. So it's really, really interesting. So like you said, uh, Riot Games is a provider of experiences, both in the virtual, but also, like I said, in the real world for a young audience. But this audience gets old <laughs> sometimes. But how Riot Games uh, deal with that? And how do you transform their feedback into innovation? Because like I said, people grow and then have some opinions. How do you use these to transform your products and services? Well, that, that's a great question. And if you allow me, uh, I, I think I'll, I'll try to be effective and assertive in my answer, but I, I may be a little bit longer here. Okay. So bear with me. Well, first, regarding the point where you said that we have been serving different generations and, you know, maybe our generations get older. It's part of life, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I'd say that um, Riot has been doing a solid work in terms of serving these different generations. Whereas we are receiving and welcoming the new ones, we are still supporting uh, with the same commitment and quality all the you know current and um, and old ones. Let me say I don't like the word old mm -hmm. because it doesn't relate it to the age. It's more related to the long form or the life cycle that we have regarding, you know, the different audiences that have been welcoming throughout the time. But in a sense, I would say that the way to serve these different generations is to take exactly to the point that, uh, you know, connects them to us. So maybe we have generations that, you know, it's pre-connected to the game. They play more than, I don't know, four hours a week. And for these gamers... We have different content to produce, like um, I may be producing competitive uh, events like uh, in esports or even because esports, just a parenthesis here, refers to everything that's professional. Okay. Uh, so we have other events that are targeted to this audience that's not supposed to be professional, but you know, you have uh, competitive games, you have competitive events, what we used to say as community events or community tournaments. And you have, of course, partners that help us to deliver, to plan and deliver this kind of event to them. But, you know, uh, the same generation can be connected to music. So we produce different assets towards this area, like uh, musical productions, albums, soundtracks. You know, this is all related to uh, the first point that I mentioned before that's connected to the different stories we can produce towards games. For the younger generations, we can talk about animation. So uh, it will develop some kind of story related to our lore. Lore is the name that we give to the story of a character or a set of characters in our game. It's kind of a, a normal reference for all of the gamers in the industry. Uh, so I can have a lore, um, sorry, I can have an animation uh, connected to the lore of the game. And I will refer to Arcane. That's, uh, that was our first animation based on the lore of League of Legends. 
Uh, it was planned and distributed by Netflix in the Western next, last year. And uh, curiously, this, um, in the date of this podcast, I mean, today, we uh, just won three Emmy Awards ah! uh, for with Netflix. So we are so, so, so happy for not only the nomination, of course, because the nomination per se is something pretty, that flatters us. But you know, to win the prize, oh, um, it's amazing! Oh, congratulations uh, for that! Thank you, thank you. <laughs> congratulations for the team, and actually, yeah. this, this connects to the point that I told you that we aspire to be this most focused player company in the world. We prepare and produce everything that you do for them, right? And Arcane is one of these, like uh, we used to say, uh, letter of love. You know, because uh, it's about us uh, appreciating this player. And to connect to my first point, this player may be from different generation from the others that have been playing the game for a long time. You know, so for us, you always have a chance and space to serve all of these generations. As long as you're connected to the passion that unites them and this passion is towards the games, we know that we are delivering something that will be, you know, kind of, they feel like rewarded by the things that we are producing delivered to them. So this is about the generational aspect of your question, right? Could you remember the other part? Because it's I think about, I so much. That's okay. I asked about the feedback. How do you use this kind of feedback oh. to, to transform your services and products? Because I read something that this feature of your company, it's really important to adapt precisely your products and services to something that is connected to the wishes of these, these different audiences. I, how do you do that? How do you take these perceptions and desires from your audience to transform in, in something that is going to be profitable for you? So, yeah, th th thank for so much to remind me because this is part of the rationale. Uh, we were talking about the different generations. And of course, mm -hmm. uh, it's not only understanding what motivates them, but also how they'd like to be heard. Uh -huh. So to the point where you're seeing how I'm connecting and capturing their preferences, feedback, uh, perspectives. Well, I'd like to organize this answer by saying that first, we have certain channels that could be classical ones. Like in customer services, I have channels through uh, websites, uh, social media, um, you know, certain tools that provide this community connection like Discord. I'm not sure if you or the audience knows, but Discord is a platform used by gamers to connect to each other to chat. So we understand where our players are and we create this structure and processes to be there, to listen to them and to translate this into, you know, feedback. Feedback that could be related to, uh, you know, um, things that they believe that are part of uh, opportunities to improve the game design or because they believe there is uh, an issue with their experience, or they may give us a feedback about, hey, I really like this. You should invest more time in doing that. <laughs> so we, we tend to capture this different perspective through this, what I said, classical channels. But it's also important to say that we recur to surveys, uh, qualitative, quantitative ones, uh, from time to time to capture these uh, nuances that sometimes not be able to be gathered in, in these classical channels, as I said. It's more and more about motivating you under certain aspects to understand what you have been saying. So you watch their cane, as I said, and I can uh, test if, uh, you know, in a specific chapter or in a specific moment of the series, 
you felt like XPTO. So this kind of thing allows me to connect this data to uh, another sort of data, probably come from the classical channels that I told you. And mm-hmm. in the end, I have this pool of data that helped me to make certain assumptions. Oh, Sandra belongs to this uh, generational group. And, you know, when watching Arcane, she felt like XPTO. And by the way, she opened these three tickets in our customer service channels uh, a year ago, uh, saying this, this, and that. So this kind of thing provides me a bunch of data that allows me to say, hey, send this part of this persona. And to serve this persona, I need to focus in one, two, three. And likewise, I have the same exercise for the different aspects and segments that I serve. This is so interesting because you need to have a lot of connection between different areas and teams to to have this kind of perception and, yeah, to create a company that is really innovative. So, Diego, what do you think about the future of Riot Games? Because when we... When I hear you speaking about it, it seems that we already are in the future. But what do you think about this medium and long term? What do you plan as a company in general terms to keep it a successful operation for the next years? That, again, thanks so much for the question. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if I told you, but we are celebrating 10 years of League of Legends in Brazil this oh, year. Right. Uh, and likewise, 10 years of the Brazilian office of riots in Brazil. And, you know, the question is good because we have been thinking about uh, our past, present, future. So when you think about, okay, tell me more about the future. So <laughs> I think this is the proper time to do it. And um, so the future... I think uh, if there's some commonality with what we have been doing so far is about our commitment with players and continue delivering these different as- experiences to them. So it's true saying that gamers, games and gamers, it continue to be our focus. But it's also important to say what I told you before, having the chance and exercising our, let me say, elasticity to provide more to them, it's key. Mm-hmm. So... Um, in terms of this flexibility, we are thinking more about how to behave like um, an entertainment company, which we are, and provide more of these different experiences going beyond games. So this is one of the ideas that I can share with you. The other thing is continuing to this perspective of understanding who are the players and how they relate to each other and relate to us, relate to our products. You have to understand that the new generations tend to be more vocal and creative when expressing themselves. And in order to connect to this, I would like to give the, uh, the, 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 the perspective that all of us, and I know you know in the audience as well, that's about the platforms that these new generations have been choosing to express themselves. In practical terms, I would say that they are kind of streamers because they are producing content all the time and they use the different platforms like, you know, could be a chat, could be a, a social media channel, could be a cons platform. I don't know. Could be games, by the way, because mm-hmm. games are particularly the online games. They they have these features of you know chats and providing connection throughout the games. Mm-hmm. So independently of the the channel ch- chosen, I think it's important to say that they are content producers. And if they are content producers, they have to stream them because they need to speak out. They need to share what they are thinking. It's different from our generation. 
And and of course, I don't want your audience thinking that we are old people. <laughs> of but, course uh, not. We are not. <laughs> we, are, we are young. We are young. Please. Bear with us. Uh, but, but let's say that, um, you know, it's different from our generation because, you know, uh, from 80s, I, I, I believe in actually, it's true that we use the different tools to connect to each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And now this is a world where we are living this digital era. So we have to be attentive to how we, I mean, let me say the old generations, the, 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 the next generation, right, uh, relates and learns how to relate into this new world, but particularly how to learn with the new generation, millennials, Z, and etc. Because they are content creators. They stream everything that they do in order to uh, speak out, in order to be noticed by others. And by the way, they are generating a new economy. A new economy that we are still discovering how to uh, be part of. Because, you know, we have been more attentive to the mainstream. And I think now, not now, actually, yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're kind of a step behind. But I think we have to be attentive to how to learn, read, and be part of what we have been seeing coming from the new ones. And, and it, it shows that we should be open to all these new perspectives and change our set of mind to these new opportunities. So that's really, really nice. So Diego, right now I have two questions that are common for all the guests we are going to receive here. So the first one, I'd like to know if if you have any suggestions for books or or films about the the theme of innovation. Do you have something that would you like to, to share with us? Film about innovation. That's a good question. I have to say that I have a new one. A, a Kilo, really? And uh, no, 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 new one. Sorry, I was talking about my my son. Ah, okay. Ah, <laughs> okay. Uh, no, no. And the point is that uh, you know, I, I think in the new parents you understand me that when you have one, uh, wow, time is something so precious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I would say that uh, I may not have a new one, uh, a, a recent one. I mean, something to suggest. But I, I like to, um, you know, I, I like to watch movies and documentaries that put us to think about what has been happening in terms of capacity to innovate and produce mm-hmm. out of the, the mainstream perspective. I may not have a specific title to share right now, but I'd say all of those that uh, our audience could think about, uh, you know, to, to put us to uh, no obvious production. You know, I think on Netflix, we have a series of uh, production that they made three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, or four, uh, talking about the game industry. Oh. And um, if you don't mind, I can share, you can add with your uh. in your chat uh, later in this podcast. Okay. I, uh, I can share later. I, I forgot the name. But they have this series about the game industry and okay. uh, how it was built throughout the time. It's, oh, come on, Dave. This is not innovative. Um, I have my, my thoughts on this, and it's about, yes, it's innovative. Because as you're saying, the game industry, despite its uh, size, I mean, let's remember, the game industry right now is three times, I don't know how many times bigger than the movie and the music uh, industry together. So I would say that despite its size, it's still an incipient industry. I mean, we're still producing and understanding how to relate and, you know, uh, to my previous points, I mean, how to give many things and with quality, uh, not only from the qualitative, but the quantitative side. So it's still a, a journey to learn more about it. And if so, watching a um, series or a documentary like that helps us to, you know, 
open mind and think, oh, is this true that this company is not only programming? Yes, it's not only programming. You have <laughs> uh, many artists behind the scene. You have many different capabilities to deliver a game that resonates, you know, and remains in your mind and hearts for many years. So that's why I'd suggest something related to this. Later on, I'll suggest the exact name, if you don't mind. Okay, great. Thank you, Diego. And to a final question, it is, uh, would you like to leave a final message to the ones that work with innovative initiatives or want to work with that? Do you have something to say that we have to pursue in this kind of activity? First, again, I uh, just like to appreciate the space uh, to tell uh, a bit about um, the industry where I've been working to and, uh, and, uh, and the invites. Thank, thanks so much. And if I could give a drop of um, thoughts in terms of what to expect, I'd say don't, don't quit off understanding your customer. Don't quit off, um, even if they are claiming about something or sharing negative feedback. Don't, don't, don't quit off them because they are your nutritional force that moves you ahead. Uh, every time you have something that, you know, don't please us, we think like, oh, we are doing a shit job. No, it's not about this. Actually, it's about, okay, we may not be assertive or it may, might, we might have done something that was not uh, good enough for the audience, for players. But, you know, next time I'll do better. And in order to be better, I have to understand the customers. I have to fight for them. I have to check, okay, tell me more. Don't, don't quit off. Okay, I just got gave this perspective and then, you know, I don't want to release anything else. No, no, please be resilient. Continue understanding. Go deeper. Carve out more time to uh, make make the moment with them, your moment to connect, to hear. At Riot, we are so used to do this kind of thing in different moments. You talked about these sports. Two days ago, we had the finals of our League of Legends Brazilian Championship in Brazil. Oh. Uh, and it was a great moment because it was our first time after two years of pandemics, uh, you know, with no possibility doing uh, in-person events. And now we had it. We had more than 10,000 people in an arena and we had a chance to, you know, meet and greet different people. And they were so happy and, oh, you know, curious about, yes, and curious about what's coming on. Please write, tell me. And that's the point. This is what I mean, uh, I mean by saying don't quit about your audience. Try to be there for them anytime and, and try to make this a real relationship, something that will, you know, nurture a great, uh, great, great perspective for you to continue giving high quality services. Okay, Diego. So thank you very much for your presence here in TQ Talks podcast. It was a pleasure to talk with you. My pleasure. And thanks so much. I hope your uh, the audience here likes it. This was the first episode of season two of TQ Talks podcast. Every two weeks, a new episode for you on your favorite podcast platform. To learn more about TQ, visit tq.com.